welcome back to that damn sports podcast. Guess who's back? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got we got David back. Finally, it's been I don't even know how many episodes it's been without him. Uh, all over the summer he was working, so it's finally good to have old David back. We got Mikey, sadly. Um, oh, <laughs> we got to play an intro when people listen to this. We got to play Guess Who's Back when uh, David's speaking. I'll see what I can do. Um, but yeah, so David's back, which is perfect timing because we have a lot to cover today. This is going to be a pretty jam packed episode, um, especially with college football um, kicking off this past week. It was a very, 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 very exciting week. Um, and then we also had a little bit of news in the NBA realm as Donovan Mitchell was finally traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, as pissed off as it makes me. Um, we got to discuss it because if you guys can remember a few episodes back, I called him going to Miami, and now Jimmy Butler is left by himself. So, or he wasn't going there. Yeah, whatever, Mikey. Um, okay, so Wait, I got the Heat lose. Uh, PJ Tucker, and we retained nobody. We just nobody. Uh, but anyway, whatever. Won't even talk about it. Um, what do you mean retain nobody? Oh, like, wait, and Austin, weren't you supposed to get Kevin Durant, too? <laughs> Austin says that every year. He's like, you're, man. You, you were up here saying Kevin like, Durant. He's like, we have, a, we have a really good shot of landing Kawhi. Like, no, okay. No, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I think you're just <laughs> a fucking within, Okay, if you want to do this, I don't want to do this, but let's do it. <laughs> it's it's within reason. I mean, he, first of all, well, Kevin it's Durant, Miami. It's always – Yeah, like, and Kevin Durant said it was one of his preferred destinations there in Phoenix. Donovan Mitchell has really close ties to Miami. He's really close with Dwayne Wade, and he's really close with Bam Adebayo. He has said that would be one of his preferred spots as well. And I, so, yeah, I mean, we, it was pretty reasonable for me to say that it was possible for either one of them. Didn't work out. Cleveland was never in the picture. So, I, no, but I don't All think. I know is if he's going to Cleveland, something's up with Miami because who, who wants to live in Cleveland? He didn't, it wasn't, if he had, if Donovan Mitchell had a chance. Maybe he just was trying to channel his inner LeBron. No, shut up. Shut <laughs> up. If Donovan Mitchell <laughs> wanted to go to Miami and he, it was his choice, he would have went to Miami. Oh, dude, all the players have a choice in the NBA. Oh, Donovan Mitchell had no choice because Miami's offering trade packages, and even though Donovan Mitchell said he wanted to go there if he's going to go somewhere, they weren't. Miami didn't have enough assets. Cleveland had enough assets, and they traded like Colin Sexton plus a ton of picks. So you're telling me? Oh yeah, they got rid of Mar- Laurie Markkinen too. Yeah. Um, you're telling me that Miami retained no one. So we didn't get anybody in free agency. We re-signed Caleb Martin, and we re-signed um, Dwayne Dedman. And of course, Tyler Hero's still there. Bam Adebayo's still there, but we lost PJ. We, so we lost somebody and really didn't get anybody to fill those shoes. I mean, PJ's nah, PJ was the heart and soul of that team, dude. He, 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 yeah. Well, Jimmy's the heart and soul of the team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't argue with that. All right. Anyways. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's talk college football because we've waited this long to talk about it. So let's do it. Um, so the new AP poll came out. So that's how I'm going to go based off the games from this past weekend. I'm going to go down the list if game was interesting. Talk about it a little bit. Um, Alabama stand at number one. First of all, I think one thing we can make very, we can say very clearly after seeing week one is at least for the time being, the two best teams in college football are without a doubt Alabama. And yeah. Um, it, I mean, I don't even think it's close. Uh, yeah. Ohio State, I thought underperformed against Notre Dame. I thought Notre Dame played better than we thought, but with their performance offensively, um, I wasn't too impressed. But so I think that's one thing we definitely can't say. And I think we can also, anybody who has any doubts about the SEC, uh, went fourteen and one this week, or thirteen and one, one of the two. And the only well, that's supposed to happen. It's yeah. it's the first week. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. What? What did the we ACC got, go? We got we got David back. That's why I love. <laughs> um, ACC. 
But anyway. I don't hate the SEC. You do. But it's okay. I, I would hate it because he ain't us. No, we should be in the SEC. And would have gone 15 and 0. It's going to happen. Oh. <laughs> now, okay. the 15 and 0 part will not happen, but you guys doing SEC will happen at some point down the road, especially with we got to talk about the expansion of the playoff that's going to happen in a few years. Um, but anyway, like I said, we'll get right into it. Uh, like I said, Alabama, number one, they beat Utah State 55 0. Not much to talk about there as expected. Um, number two, Georgia put on a dominant performance against one of the top 10, one of the top teams in the Pac 12. I think we all knew that was going to happen, though. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, mean, I thought Georgia. I thought Georgia was going to win, and I thought they were going to win comfortably. I didn't know they, it was going to be complete domination. As that's that's fair. Well, and, and that the, was that was a one-sided game from the start of the snap. The big yeah. takeaway for me it comes from both quarterbacks. So you had Bo Nix coming from Auburn, you know, and change of scenery, going to the Pac-12 with Oregon. You know, he, his time at Auburn was not too successful, and people had high hopes for him. You know, changing schools. Threw for 173 passing yards and two interceptions, no touchdowns. Um, so that was a good thing to me. It's like, you know, you went from Auburn, people are like, okay, he played in the SEC West, whatever. Goes to Oregon, and he, while he is still playing Georgia, and his numbers might increase, and they probably will increase playing in the Pac-12. Still very, very underwhelming performance from a guy who had a lot of hype around him, especially coming out of high school. And then on the other end with Georgia, Stetson Bennett, who, you know, a lot of people had their questions and doubts about him, even though they won that showship last year. Threw for 368 passing yards, two touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown, no interceptions. Um, and the defense of Georgia did what they do. They're one of the best defenses in the country, and they proved that again. I think D Georgia really, really <laughs> proved to everybody that they are still arguably one of dogs. the best team in college football. Yeah, no, without without a doubt, Georgia – I mean, I didn't have any doubt with Georgia, if I'm being honest. And I think some people were kind of worried about uh, if JT Daniels or, or Stenson Bennett was a guy, and they were kind of worried that they got rid of JT Daniels because what if he was better. I think uh, both performing both, – both quarterbacks showed that who was better. I mean, JT Daniels have a, didn't have a bad game against Pitt by any means, and not to jump ahead, but I think we saw Stenson Bennett just really prove himself and say, hey, you made the right choice and you stuck with me and got rid of JT. Because Denson Bennett looks really freaking good. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it really it really come to show that Georgia is a legit team now. Like I said, Oregon is still not not a perennial powerhouse, but they're one of the best teams in the Pac-12. We'll, we'll get to see a lot more tests from Georgia once they get into SEC play, but I don't think there's any denying Georgia is – yeah. anything, as long as, still Georgia. Games, as long as they don't lose two games, they're in the college football playoff. In my right. Um, Which, yeah. So then, so but moving on from that, you go down a little bit right away at three is Ohio State. You know, I was very – I thought they really underperformed against Notre Dame. And while I think Notre Dame's defense played really well, um, and Ohio State's defense also obviously played really well. That was, a, that was a really good game, though. It was so, a good game. The, the scoreboard doesn't doesn't show. Yeah, and, and I'm just surprised only 21 points were put up because I, I'm looking at the box score. C.J. Stroud had – he went 24 of 34 for 223 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. And they also ran for 172 yards. Mm -hmm. um, so they th they accumulated close to – almost close to 400 yards of total offense, um, but only scored 21 points. Um, so, like I said, Ohio State, I think it, it was a good performance. Wow. It was a good performance for them, but I thought they could have done a lot better on the offensive end in terms of just punching in more scores. They destroyed them on the ground. Oh yeah, they both of their running backs averaged six yards a carry. 
Right. Yeah, Notre Dame really played the bend don't break defense. If I'm being honest, I mean they they played okay. We're going to let up a bunch of yards here, but we're not actually just not going to let you score, which is kind of a testament to Notre Dame because that is a high powered offense with with the highest State's quarterback with CJ there and, and those running backs. I mean that's a good offense, and yeah, you let up a bunch of yards, but I'm really looking at they didn't let up a bunch of points, which really is a testament to that defense because that's hard to do against Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they. They're, I thought Notre Dame's defense played well, believe it or not. I know they gave it 400 yards, but when you look at the score at the end of the day, only had 21. To, they they only gave up 21 points. The problem is the offense. I look at this. Um, they threw a total of 18 passes for only 177 yeah. yards. Um, their offense just could not keep up whatsoever. Um, and a lot and, a lot and, of yards for completion. Yeah, only they could complete more. Yeah, because you look at it. I mean, they had a, a one reception that was with 54 yards, mm. 32 yards, another reception for 31. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, and they weren't running. I mean, they were they were trying to run the ball. They ran the ball thirty times. Um, so effectively, over a hundred of his one hundred seventy seven passing yards came on three plays. Other than that, yeah, only three percent yards basically. Yeah, yeah. And I also I also think when we look at the score, I don't think we should read too much into it with Ohio State because when you do run for almost how many yards it was, almost like two hundred yards or whatever and you do pass for that many yards, you're going to end up scoring, right? It happened this one game where you didn't get it. You didn't get to punch it in. But if they put up that many yards per week, that team is going to go over 28 points almost every game. If you put up almost 100 yards a game. Yeah. And, and I, mean, honestly, I get that it didn't happen there against Notre Dame, but I don't, I'm not looking at Ohio State and saying, oh, well, they struggled against Ohio State or Notre Dame, I should say. And I'm kind of worried. Oh, Ohio State, they played well. They just couldn't finish it out. They still got the win. I'm not worried about Ohio State. They're still a very good team in my eyes. Yeah, and, and, you know, things happen, but I will say, looking at their Big Ten schedule, this, other than Michigan, it was the last game of the season, and this being the first game of the season, I mean, I don't see many teams that can give them too many problems. Um, Notre Dame was still ranked fifth in the country going into this. So, I think it does prove to us, though, that Notre Dame is probably not a playoff caliber team, especially not now they have no room for mistake, and you have one loss in your first game of the season, and you don't have a conference championship game. I think this really is going to hurt Notre Dame. Um, they're going to have to run the table and hope a lot of other teams lose. Um but overall, I think it was a good offensive performance for Ohio State. I just would have liked to see them, you know, with 400 yards. I would expect this to be a lot, lot more lopsided. And I think if it is, Ohio State, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be more worried about them than they probably are right now. Um, at four, we have Michigan, which this is weird because, you know, I, I'm not even going to talk about Michigan, is the fact that they jumped Clemson. Um, and Clemson is at five and beat Georgia Tech 41 to 10. Now, the game, it started off slow. Um, and, and Clemson's offense, you know, I had no zero points leaving in the first quarter, and it was a tight game early in the third. But they didn't run away with it and win the game forty-one to ten. So I, I wouldn't I, really say it was tight. Well, no. I, here's the thing. I remember I, I watched the whole game. Here's where I think it all changed. So I don't know if you remember this. It was I think it was seventeen to three at one point, and Georgia Tech just scored the first touchdown. So seventeen ten. Next possession, Clemson gets the ball. They hold Clemson to third and like third and long, and then. They get a pass interference call, which it was, it was an obvious pass interference, but as a cornerback, you can't give that up, especially you just scored. You might have forced them to go three and out. That, that was in the beginning of the third quarter. I think if Georgia Tech, you know, forces incompletion there, not a pass interference, with that momentum, if you just scored and you're getting the ball back, who's not to say they drop down? If they tie that game, I think it's wide open. That killed them because after that pass interference, Clemson goes all the way down and scores. Their offense just couldn't do anything, though. My biggest thing about this game, I have a lot of things. But first of all, Mercedes-Benz Stadium is beautiful. 
was amazing. <laughs> that was fun. Um, that was my first time going there. That was cool. But I will say my biggest disappointment was when we had an interception on the first play of the game and we didn't gain any momentum from that. Yeah. DJ had it, had, had it laid out for him to go out, score, get the fans behind him, have a monster game. And it's not that he's bad. You can just tell he has no confidence in himself out there. Yeah. Yeah. I will he, say, I think like he had open receivers all game that he just wouldn't hit. He went for the easy pass every single time. He wouldn't, he doesn't like, throw people open. He only throws it to you if you are wide open. Yeah. I think he started the game slow, but I will say, I think part of the hate that he is getting is because he plays at Clemson. That's no, that's fair. If you look but at Clemson's track record with quarterbacks, you know, they're expecting the Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence's that are right, really, even Taj really Boyd. Yeah. And, and he doesn't – and, and DJ, I thought he played well in the second half. I really did. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's the guy. The offense he has he zero explosives. He threw for 200 yards and a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and had no picks. He had 13 rushes and averaged one yard per carry. Now, th- but those also were design rushes. So, I mean – Okay. He's not – I want to take a timeout here. And David, you weren't slick with throwing in Taj Boyd with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, 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 sorry, no. I had to stop it. No, 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 no. Trying to slip no. in Taj Boyd with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Just no, stop they're it. not on the don't same level at all. Okay, Taj Boyd is better than DJ right now, but don't ever try to compare Taj right. no, no, no. to Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. I was not saying that. <laughs> I was just saying that Clemson has high expectations for quarterbacks. Well. I'll say this: Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson both beat South Carolina. I will also and, and say. I'll, I'll say this about. DJ. I'll also say Tom Boyd had DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, yeah. Martavis Bryant, and Dwayne Allen. No, we talked about this before already. We, me and you've talked about this in private. You give Deshaun Watson the weapons that Tom oh Boyd had. Holy shit! Greatest quarterback no. of it, it's over. football. But again, like, that really like I think that really their careers panning out in the NFL. Really, really hurt Taj Boyd's legacy. Like oh, yeah, it, it did. But I'll he say did, he didn't DeAndre make DeAndre Hopkins didn't seem like a top wide receiver going he, into the NFL. He seemed like no, he did. DeAndre Hopkins really came out of like it was like DeAndre. We all knew DeAndre Hopkins was good, but like he really came. And out he was of, better in college. Same with Martavis Bryant. Martavis yeah. Bryant was kind of like a mediocre receiver at Clemson. Yeah, if he could have stayed also just had so league, much talent. Uh, as Stephen A. would say it, I mean, Martavis Bryant would probably be still in the league and maybe be the a really one. Good the best. one that I think didn't pan out the way he should have is Sammy Watkins. I thought I yeah, he was the best prospect out of all of them. Yeah. Anyway, off topic. Back to DJ, but that was funny. Yeah, back, back I didn't even DJ. hear that, so I'm glad you said something, Mike, because if I'd have heard that, I'd have been like, <laughs> I would have really pointed I, out. I was waiting to jump in there and say, and I was like, I can't wait anymore because it's going to go too far fast. Yeah, no, but, I, but I, DJ, I, wasn't, I wasn't comparing them. I was just saying Clemson has high expectations for quarterbacks. The issue but, with me with DJ is, one, he, he's playing scared, but two, is I think he's got so much pressure on him because just like you guys were saying, he had Trevor Lawrence there when we saw what Clemson was with Trevor Lawrence. He has such high expectations to be this – superstar quarterback, which he really doesn't have to. He's just got to be a game manager, and you guys will win probably all your games. He just can't make <laughs> mistakes. And yeah. that's, the, that's the issue is you guys are expecting so much from him. When we see Clemson maybe beat a mediocre team by like two touchdowns, like, oh, wow, is Clemson not a good team? No, they just beat a team by two touchdowns. That's all he needs to do. 
and all right, but, do, but we in order to win the big games, DJ, I don't think. But the standard in, in the ACC has to be we you have to beat the shit out of every team you play. Yeah. And if you don't, then you're not going to be able to compete yeah. with Alabama or Georgia. Yeah. And, well, and same thing with Alabama and Georgia. We hold them to the same standard. If if the if Alabama and Georgia had a close game, now Georgia played Oregon. But if their games were close consistently, we would be like, are they really like what, what they always have been? But this game really – I mean, if you look at the final score, though, you finished the job. And when DJ came out the game, okay, the last touchdown the, the, the freshman scored, they're still 34-10, to 10, dude. And it I was mean, just the I mean, amount of opportunities. It wasn't the offense. The, the positions that our defense put him in to seize momentum and yeah. go out there and have the game of his life and get the fans behind him. Yeah. In in Atlanta, we had more Clemson fans in that stadium than Georgia Tech fans. Yeah. Over half the stadium in Atlanta. Georgia Tech is in Atlanta. Yeah, I also forgot to mention. I was baffled. I he had all of that on his side, and he still played less than average. I did forget to mention they also did a two block punts that set them up for scores. Yeah, no, I saw. I said it was special teams. I mean, realistically, that offense was even firing at like. What they really could like seventy five percent. You guys could have easily scored over fifty points. If we had an average well, defense, if we had an average defense, we would not have near as many points as we did. I'll tell you this. I don't know if you win that game if you have an average defense. Well, we can argue about DJ and, and talk about DJ. I, I just and I'm not a Clemson fan, but I've seen it a lot all over Twitter and social media. They want to start this Cade kid, in the freshman club name. I'm sorry, I just don't agree with that. Here, here in. DJ already had his year. He had his year, and he You're sucked. And he played in. yesterday, and he sucked. <laughs> Can you do that? Okay, throw Caden when he makes – No, I, dude, going into the game, I wanted him to be good so bad. Just but he's not. Let me explain myself because I do think Cade is, is the better quarterback down the road. Here, here's my thing, though. You don't throw him in until so, DJ has made the mistake that was really detrimental, like you, you lose a game. Because here's the thing. As a true freshman going into a game, I don't care if you're playing the ACC, wherever you're conference playing, you're playing the Power 5 Conference. You throw a freshman in there, there is a very strong chance through 12 games he's going to mess up. Yeah. DJ yeah, has – I, I, so I, I just don't – I think you leave DJ until it gets to the point where you have no other option. Yeah, so David. Day, you won 41 to 10. So there's no reason to change quarterbacks right now. There's not. David, I'll, I'll tell you this. You leave DJ in, because especially because you're winning right now. If you take DJ out – while he's winning, even though he's not playing well, and you go to this freshman quarterback and you start losing, how do you go back to DJ? You really can't. You really can't go back to DJ. You're just going to be like, all right, got to stick it out with this freshman. We've already benched DJ. We really can't go back to him at this and point. Would, that's that's just going to kill that freshman quarterback's confidence. And then if he doesn't perform next year, he's going to be gone. I think, these, I think that these quarterbacks – need to be able to perform under pressure when you start making all these excuses for them. He did perform at the end of the day, though. You won 41 to 10. Yes, won. 41 to 10. Uh, so uncomfortable. Now, the amount of dump-off passes that he made when he had wide-open receivers downfield or, or at least completable passes downfield was an abomination. He also does not have as good of a weapons as Clemson is used to having. Okay, we gotta, make, we gotta make this another episode because we could talk Clemson all freaking. All day. Okay, and you're right. And here's here's what I'll end this. Uh, my final takeaway in terms of not just DJ, just Clemson as a whole. When I watch this game, I, like I said, I watched it kick off to the end. It is a championship caliber defense with a mediocre offense. A mediocre. You can still get it done with the championship. They fix, defense, they fix that offense to a point where it's not even as mediocre. It doesn't have to be championship level. They fix that offense because Georgia's offense last year was not necessarily championship level. 
their defense, they, now they had a good offense, a good offense, not great, good offense, but the championship level defense won a national championship. Clemson makes that offense good. That's all you need. Good. With that defense, they can win a championship. Yeah. But right now, that I, offense I, is I, not I, a playoff I, team. That offense is not a playoff offense. They fix that. Clemson is going to be, especially with that schedule, they're going to be a scary team. Starts with the quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Guess we'll see. It's week one. Week one. Give him a chance. Give, he is, he is right. David is right, though. But give him a chance. Yeah. I agree. All right. So, We've given him so many chances. So then there's a lot. There's a big gap here where there was just some teams that didn't really play anybody, unless I'm just forgetting something. But we have Clemson at five, AM at six, Oklahoma at seven, Notre Dame at eight, which we already talked about, Baylor at nine, USC got, uh, took care of business there at 10, Oklahoma State at 11, and then 12 and 13. And I love to say, I love to just point things out when I'm right. <laughs> Number 12, Florida. So modest. Took down Utah, who is actually ranked 13. Unranked Florida played preseason number seven, Utah. Now, it was in the swamp. It wasn't a blowout win. It went down to the very end. An interception in the end zone is what won the game for him. Um, and, and, you know, playing in Gainesville is, is a very, very, very tough place to play. So, but it does come to show. The Pac-12 is just not legit. They played. I'm sorry, and I and I get. And I'm, and I th- Anthony Richardson, I believe that's his name, the quarterback for. Yeah. Um, freaking, freaking nature. He played great. He played better than a lot of people maybe expected. But I think this just goes to show Florida was a mediocre SEC team according to the preseason. They're mediocre, you know, middle of the pack. The best team in the Pac-12 lost to him. Yeah. I think it just goes to show, not necessarily much on the SEC, but just how down the Pac-12 is as as a Power Five conference. Um, I, like I said, Utah didn't play bad. Utah actually, I'm looking at the box score, they ran for 230 yards. No, Utah was good. They, they legitimately could have won that game. And honestly, kind of looking at it, you can probably persuade me that they should have won that game. But Florida, I mean, we both sat here and said, I can't, I can't, trust, a, I can't trust a Utah team. Like, who do they even really have on that team that they were ranked so high as number seven? If they were ranked like 15, 16th, I'd be like, okay, but it was mostly I think it was, I think it was mostly because they brought back a, a lot of people and they almost they they took Ohio State neck and neck in the Rose Bowl last year and they were the best ranked team in the Pac 12. But I'm looking at the stats. This is an off this is a rushing fiasco. J- Utah ran for 230. Florida had 283 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns. Now, the biggest storyline from this is yes. You know, Utah lost. They were the seventh-ranked team in the country to an unranked Florida team. Florida's now ranked 12th. Go from unranked to 12th. That's baffling. Yeah. Anthony Richardson is quarterback for Florida. He is the real deal. And to me, he kind of came out of nowhere. 17 of 24 passing for 168 yards. He didn't throw a touchdown. didn't throw an interception, though. So he was efficient as a passer. 11 carries for 106 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, the guy the, – like I said, he's he's an athlete. Maybe, maybe not the best passer right now, but – you know, really didn't, push the ball, really didn't push the ball down the field as much. But, I mean, you know, he's a young guy. But when you're that much of an athlete and you can run the ball like that on 11 carries, I mean, it's going to be hard to stop that guy, especially if he's able to push the ball down the field later on during the season. Florida might be a team you're looking at like, I really don't want to play Florida. Yeah. Yeah, no, Anthony Richardson, he, and he was just so calm and composed. Um, I don't really know the story behind this guy. I probably should have done a little more research, like, before we got in here. But – he looks so composed. He's a guy I really didn't have on my radar. I thought Florida was going to be a mediocre 7-8 win SEC team maybe at best. Their performance against Utah, man, and 
I'm not saying they're going to beat Georgia because I still think Georgia's arguably the best team in the country. But, you know, in the SEC East, it's going to be interesting because now Florida's kind of thrown into the mix. Um, and South Carolina, you know, they're, we'll see what happens there with Spencer Rattler. And then you got Tennessee, who I'm very high on. Um, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be an interesting mix. Um, but I just wanted to say that I was right. Florida did take care of business against Utah. You're acting like I didn't sit here and say the same thing. I didn't say you didn't. I'm just saying I just know I did. So I wasn't going to put it. Selfish son of a gun. Never. I just – and this also completely knocks Utah out of any playoff hopes. Um, and I think, honestly, with the performance of Oregon on top of Utah, this yeah. knocks out. Unless Southern Cal runs the table, the fake USC runs the table, I don't think there's any <laughs> – I don't think the Pac-12 – I don't think the Pac-12 – has a play, but now there were some analysts on on college game that they said they think USC makes a playoff. If they go undefeated, it's kind of hard to argue. But this this performance week one was, I think, was detrimental to the Pac-12 as a whole because even USC's good wins now are going to look not as bright and shiny as they were before. Hundred percent. Um, it it it's detrimental to USC. Kind of kind of sucks for that. But one thing I would like to say, this is completely off topic. <laughs> well, kind of old topic. Um. Nate McCollum, number eight, for wide receiver for Georgia Tech. Here we go. He's very good at football. <laughs> that is all. Yeah. It, it, I was impressed by him a did lot. Did you see EJ Jenkins? Yeah. Out there, he was, he was at South Carolina last year, didn't even see the field, and then he caught the first oh, shot game and was like they're – he was on the They field. have some weapons. If their quarterback could get them the ball, pass. Georgia Tech has some good receivers. What's his name? I know his last name's Sims. Jeff Sims. Um, dude, he's not bad. He's not great. He I would rather have him than DJ. He was – that guy was – I mean, he had some suspect throws. He was decisive, though. No, yeah, and he was quick. He was shifty. And, and any, any, all the short routes they ran, he was very effective. He threw some – Dude, really did you see those QB sneaks? He gained like three yards every time. Dude, Georgia Tech, you know, they, they, the ball. they don't have a rich history of quarterbacks. He well, they was, just started running the spread, so. He looked really good. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I felt like we only talked about Clemson, but Georgia Tech, like, they didn't look horrible. Honestly. It did not look bad at all. This is, And even the commentators were saying, you know, even though this game ended up the score, Georgia Tech was in that game up until middle of the third quarter. Yeah. Um, anyway. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, so we keep going on the list. Yeah. I'm looking at games that were interesting. 17, Pittsburgh. Um, I'd be – it wouldn't be right. It was a Thursday game. We kind of forgot about it when we were talking about this pre-podcast. Um that was a very, very, very fun game to watch. And we'll get into the logistics of the game itself and what ended up happening. But I think my biggest thing from watching this game is this is why we have to keep rivalries. We have to keep the, the history of college football somewhat intact with all this expansion stuff and the playoff going to 12 teams now and, and conference realignment. You want to realign conferences, whatever. You know, we, we us fans, we have no control. They just want money. but. They have, we have to find a way to keep these marquee rivalries intact. You know, like think about we're blessed to be South Carolina Clemson fans. Like, like think about so the backyard brawl for people who don't know is Pittsburgh and West Virginia. Okay, they're right next to each other. It, they it, this dates back to when both of them were in the Big East when the Big East was a big football conference. But, and they always play, they play each other every year, and they call the backyard brawl because they're so close to each other. And it was a it was a, a very very intense rivalry. I'm sure, there's lots of fights. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember David Colby used to always say, "Eat shit, Pitt." Yeah, he's a West Virginia fan. Like it's one of those things. And I'm oh sorry. yeah, they hate each other. Basically, yeah. people I talk to, it's and they're crazy up there. Like if you ever met anyone from West Virginia, they're freaking crazy. Pittsburgh's, oh, yeah. Pittsburgh, he's and Pittsburgh's he's no the craziest person I fucking know. And 
where <laughs> oh, and to be up in, to be up in the north, they came down. I went to ACC championship when they played Wake Forest to watch Nick, and their fans, Pittsburgh fans, are diehard. Like they are, they take that junk just as serious as anybody. So with that being said, that rivalry is extremely similar, almost identical to the South Carolina Clemson rivalry. It's very very similar, and conference realignment broke it up. So they finally got to play against each other again for the first time in 11 years. And that you could tell by the, by the intensity of that game and the fans and everything, the environment, there was no love loss in that 11 years. They hated it. Which is crazy to me. That stadium was in the Steelers stadium, Pitt Stadium, right? Yeah. That is the first – that they had the most fans at that stadium in stadium history. That includes the Steelers playing there. That includes playoff games. That's what I thought. You find ways. South Carolina. That's what I thought. But that's how much this game has meant to the fans after 11 years wow. or however long it was. That is that is the most amount of fans in that stadium ever. And you have so you have to find a way to keep these rivalries going. There's other ones across the board. And as conference realignment keeps expanding, there's going to be rivalries you're going to try to take away. These universities need to put a foot down. Like you can – you want to realign, fine. That last week of the season, that first week of the season, whatever it may be, we are playing so-and-so. Because they used to play each other the last game of the season, but I guess because of non-conference games, they were like, we're going to schedule this first game. First yeah, Clemson game. started making Georgia a rival again, and then we got shittier, so we were like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to pass on that. Yeah, we'll play Georgia Tech instead. <laughs> we'll, we'll slide that over to good old South Carolina. You play Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, South Carolina we're, still we're, sucks. We don't South Carolina still sucks. We'll play them. Um, so anyway, but now – so back to so actually talking about the game itself. South Carolina does not suck. We're great. I, Mikey, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, now to the game itself. You know, I thought the quarterback play was really good for both teams. I thought the game as a whole was really good. Um, Daniels did not play a great game. He didn't play great. 23, of, but he also threw 40 passes. I mean, that's a lot of passes for college. I'm players. just saying, when you're JT Daniels and you were looked at this high guy at Georgia and you come in you throw 43 passes and don't even complete – you complete half of your passes, 50%. Um, that's not great. That's not well, great. I thought the big surprise was um, Pitt's quarterback, Keaton Slavis. He threw for 308 yards. He looked 10 times better than JT. Coming, off, coming off of Kenny Pickett. Um, I thought that was pr- – yeah. and losing Jordan Addison. Um, I, I thought that he was pretty – the real deal on a separate note. I hope so because I was uh, high regards to not drafting him, and uh, he's kind of shown me up in preseason so far, so we'll see, but that's a later topic. Um, the game itself. So I don't know, Mike. Did you see the ending? I'm assuming. Yeah. Did you see it, David? Or are you, you're going to have to... no. Poor JT, man. So tie game, 31-31 with what, Mikey? Probably about two, three, some minutes ago. Yeah. Roughly in that area, it's 31-31. West Virginia just got the ball for kickoff. Um. So they're honestly, I'm thinking they're going to drive the ball on the field and then kick a field goal. Game over. West Virginia beats number 17 Pitt. This route at Pitt, like it was going to be crazy. I think it was like one of the first, second, third plays of the drive. They throw the ball, and I can't think of the receiver's name, but JT Daniels throws the ball. Where's zero, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was number zero, whoever that is, on like a little slant. Not a slant. It was a cutback, a curl. He goes to catch it. I mean, it go, literally goes right between his hands. Like, it's a perfect pass. Right between his hands, tips up, pits DB, picks it off, takes it all the way to home for a touchdown, picks Dang. it. And then – and then West Virginia tried to get something going with a little bit of time left. They got close, but eventually ran out of time. Mm. And Pitt won off really, that pick six. I really think if he would have caught that ball, I do think West Virginia drives down there and either kills the clock and kicks a field goal 
or they do end up scoring a touchdown and putting it away. I really do think West Virginia would have won that game if it wasn't for that one drop. All I know is that receiver ain't getting nothing when he gets back in town. He's going to be the most hated man in campus. No love. No love. <laughs> all hate, man. Yeah. And especially yeah. rivalry like that. Your life in, in this game. Yeah, and it's a shame because he's probably a pretty damn good receiver too. That's the thing. He's probably – let me see. I want to know who this guy is. Number zero. Who Who is this guy? Who are you, sir? Is he just a nobody or is he like – Name yourself. State your oh, business. Oh, yeah. Dude, no. Here's the thing. His name's Bryce Ford Wheaton. Before that, before that happened, he had nine receptions, 97 yards, and two touchdowns. Wow. And guess what? No one's going to remember that. What are they going to remember? Uh, so he's pro- I, and and he's probably their their number one receiver. Yeah, that's right. That's that's, 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 no, that's the nature of the beast, as they say. I think Pitt's a good team still, but I don't think they're they're what they're going or what they were without Kenny Pickett. Obviously, their number one wide receiver there. Still think they're a competitive team, but I don't think they're going to be upper echelon in the top twenty five. They might be a twenty to twenty five ranked team and. Maybe if they take a bad loss, maybe even out of there. I think they're a solid team overall, but I don't think they're what they used to be, especially yeah. if I take it there anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I just wanted to bring that game up mostly in more the fact of the rivalry standpoint of it because it was a great way to kick off the comfortable season. The environment was unreal. You could just feel it by watching it on TV, especially when you got that pick six. You just They zoom out to the crowd, and you just see that place erupting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think without a doubt we got we got to make sure we keep rivalries like the backyard brawl intact. Um, so now moving on uh, to the last team that had an interesting game that I saw on the schedule, number eighteen, NC State, play East Carolina. And you know, if you remember last episode, we were we were kind of we talked about NC State for a while. I mean, Mikey and I did about you know their how their schedule really matches up well for them to possibly run the table if they get through Clemson, and if they were to do that, you know, possible playoff implications for them. Now, I didn't see it, Mikey. Like, I watched the majority of the game, but I didn't get to see the ending because Saturday I was, you know, we were all busy with, with the USC game. What? So what happened at the end of that game with ECU? Basically, ECU came back from a 14-point deficit, and really I didn't see it coming. I kind of turned it off once NC State was up 21-7 to because I really thought NC State was going to run away with it, but I did end up getting to catch the end of it. And, you know, they, they scored late, and they missed the PAT, and so they were they were down 21-20. to, to 20. And with the final minute going into the game, they were they were driving down the field, and really all they had to do was kind of put the ball on the right hash mark for their kicker or their left hash mark, whichever one. Um, but I, I, it didn't look like the coach even asked the kicker where he wanted the ball to be placed, and they just kind of ran it up the middle. And they just basically missed a field goal late to win the game, which they really should have made. It wasn't a far field goal. I don't remember exactly how far it was, but it wasn't anything over 45 yards, and they missed it. And then ECU – Realistically, should have won the game. If they would have even made the PAT, they would have went into they would have went into overtime. And it was just a shocker for me that NC State played so poorly going into the second half of the third and fourth quarter that they couldn't really even score. And ECU really just came back in a surprising drive and really should have won that game. And I was blown because NC State did not look like a good team at all. They looked they looked okay for the first quarter, and then they they kind of ran away with it in the second quarter. And I was like, all right, now NC State is starting to pick it up. It kind of takes a little bit for some teams to play well against mediocre teams, and they finally start to pick it up. We saw that with Clemson, Georgia State, whatever. But ECU came this close to winning that game. No, it's all, and, and it's all special teams um, because East Carolina – and it wasn't a turnover thing. 
because NC State and ECU both had two turnovers. And ECU had more total yards of offense, not by a large margin, but had more yards of offense than NC State. Yeah. It all So it all comes down to special teams. Um, you miss the extra point and a, and a field goal. I mean, that's that's very detrimental, especially in a game like this when you're playing a top, like a number 13 ranked team in the country. Yeah. Um, you know, they were the big thing for NC State, they're, they're high. Um, what they really were excited about was their quarterback, Devin Leary. Um, and he threw for 17 of 33, 211 no. yards, a touchdown and an interception. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't look too hot. I, you know, they were now. I'm just excited for all these MC State fans to come to Clemson. I bet because I mean now look. They've at been it. chirping, chirping. Yeah, and and that was their at, redemption for missing the field goal against you guys. They got lucky and snuck away with that one. That was the football. For real, yeah, for real. You and they're it, gonna, man. they're Clemson gonna probably win. unless they continue to play like this. But we went over their out of conference schedule was a joke. Um, East Carolina was probably one of the hardest, other than they play Texas Tech, but I, I don't see them having any issues there. Um, NC State and Clemson, they might both teams might be undefeated going into that game. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. Think about that quarterback matchup, though. DJ and Devin Leary, two guys with a lot of high expectations that are playing very mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one game. We'll, we'll give these guys a little break. It's, it's one game. But I DJ can't. played all last season. DJ did, and – Devin played all last season. He looked great. He had 33 touchdowns. So I'm not ready to write him off yet for right. that game. I'll stay off of DJ. Yeah, we'll give DJ a little bit of slack. I'll tell you this, though. Devin Leary, East Carolina's defense, sure as hell ain't Clemson's defense. Yeah. Um, so, NC's got to figure something out because while we were talking about them possibly making the playoff, that performance against East Carolina, I don't care if it's at East Carolina, that's not exactly a tough place to play. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we our, – our South Carolina team last year that was, you know – not had didn't have the expectations that NC State has had this year, won in similar fashion to East, at East Carolina last year. So if you're telling me NC State has playoff hopes and hopes of beating Clemson. This kind of performance is not acceptable in my opinion. I oh, I, I, I can't. We'll, we'll see if NC State can can turn around and if they're the team that everyone thinks they are. But after seeing that, I don't have high high hopes for NC State. You know, even being a top ten team. Um, That's funny up. because our last episode, you know, you were arguing, yeah. but they just switching up, switching up. I mean, that was a poor performance. Not really. Oh, it really was. Yet, it was bothering me the way you guys were talking about NC State when I wasn't here. I was so I was skeptical to be honest, and then we went through the but then we went through their schedule, and I was yeah. like, I don't think they're that great of a team. I just think their schedule, if they are, you guys were talking about them in the same like sentence as Clemson, though. But but, but we were saying that because I don't think NC State's a great team. But they are – I think they're way better than the teams they're playing besides Clemson. I said if they can somehow get past Clemson, how do you not put them in? And if I'm not mistaken, the they – five because they're undefeated and then they beat a top But 10. you said you think they beat Clemson. I, I think they have a chance against Clemson. No, you said you think they beat Clemson. Did, okay, now correct me if I'm wrong. Did, did they beat Clemson last year? Yes. Okay, I, I'm just saying – Luke's it's happened. It's Luke's not happened. unfathomable to think. Should have beat him twice. It should be twice, David. Is that a fluke? It's not unfathomable to think they could beat Clemson. Now, do I think they will? No, but it's not out of the picture. It's not something where I'm like, "There's absolutely no." Right, but but you can't say that with conviction. We'll see. DJ DJ is and 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 Devin Leary. Both these quarterbacks, depending on their play going up to that game, is going to tell me all I need to know about this game. But because his, his play against East Carolina is not going to cut it. Our against. defense is miles ahead of their defense. Yeah, if if Devin Leary can't, and it's in Death Valley, last and year, all Clemson fans hate NC State right now. It's going to be a wild game. Like I think they are go- the decibel count's going to be at one fifteen. I think Clemson wins. 
I think for people to say, though, there's a chance for NC State and that it, the spread might not be that high, I think they also have a valid argument as well. That's fair. They 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 have a chance. I'll yeah. give you that. <sighs> Could have said it better as a Clemson fan myself. Um, <laughs> Wait, Austin, can I introduce, introduce the next game? Because I really want to say what you said. Are we really doing this right now? Okay, yeah. Guys. I just want to talk. I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about the game, like because the game itself was a great one. But no, I, I, I that's fine. But I just want to <laughs> put on record that Austin Gunnels legitimately said before we were recording that the LSU Florida State game was one of the best college football games ever. <laughs> I have no I have no I'm that not, was a really good that, game. That is blasphemy to say that is one of the greatest I'm, college football games ever. Oh yeah, dude. Oh Mikey, you, you were talking very highly. And I and I agree. It was and a I mediocre don't. game up until the end. Like it wasn't anything special. Okay. It was not Mikey, I mean I think I think it was a total me? I think it was a total of like 17 points combined going into the second half. It doesn't make it a bad game. I, it did, but it doesn't make it an exciting game. It doesn't make it a Oh my God! This is one of the greatest college football games of all time. Game it was like, a great when you game. Watch a football game. It wasn't a great game. When you watch a football game, you know what happens at the in the fourth quarter, the end of the game is what typically is very exciting. Well, you don't think about the the when the game's over. You don't think about oh they had this really big play in the middle of the second quarter. You think about those last couple that last couple drives. What happened? What took it down? That's what sticks in your memory. That's the thing that you remember. All, yes, you, the last drive was exciting. But you when think you think about classic exciting football? games, it's not a defensive right, type game. That's not exciting. When that's you, like that's like saying the Patriots versus the Rams in the Super Bowl was an exciting game. No, the hell it wasn't. It was a boring game because they scored like 17 points. No, I used to game. cut you slack. I used to cut you slack because we, <laughs> we used to like when it, when the podcast we started, I was like, you know, Mikey didn't have a podcast. He's going to interrupt me. He's going to interject. He's going to talk over me. You know, he's still learning. We, we're 20. We're like almost 30 episodes in. When I, I'm not done talking, shut up. Okay, so. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Yeah. I don't forgot go. about you. Trying, you still have to sing on this podcast. I don't forgot about that. I was about to say something about that, actually. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll, oh, I'll shut up when you. I'll shut up when you sing. How about that? I'll, uh, I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah. You want to? You you you. you How about that one. Until, yeah. You don't, you don't bring that up until now. But yeah. Anyway, I'll, like funny. I said, I'll shut up when the fat lady sings. Go ahead, have your moment. <laughs> um. When you think about any of the great college football games in the past, you're thinking about the ending, like what happened in overtime, what happened in the fourth quarter, that last drive. You're when those games are concluded, you're you're not really talking as much about how great it was in the first quarter. Like that's shut up. That, that's not what you're doing. And you don't be the, don't be a hypocrite that says you're gonna do that. Like, because in the same token, think about one of the games we talked about was one of the best games of all time in, in football. We talked about the Bills Chiefs game. It was a good game leading up to it, but we really hammered home that those last couple minutes of that game. We really, really, really hammered home those last game minutes. Yes. Okay. 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 Just to use your own point against you, were there three touchdowns in a matter of two minutes? Fuck no, there wasn't. No, there that wasn't. Touchdowns yeah, are exciting. Blocked extra point. A punt. A muff punt. A review at the one yard line with one second left. A fumble on third and goal. That if you get tackled. I'm not saying it's not a great ending, Austin. I'm not saying it's one of the greatest college football games of all time. All right. so I'm anyway, um, for the people that weren't watching the game, I'll go ahead and explain what happened. LSU, Florida State. LSU's down two touchdowns like four minutes ago. Score a touchdown, cut it to seven. They give the ball to Florida State. Florida State can, if they keep getting first downs, clock's over, game's over. They score and kick a field goal, clock's over, game's over. They hold them to, they hold them to the fourth field punt. LSU previously in the first half had already fumbled a punt. So LSU's got the momentum here. They just scored. They just got to stop. They're about to punt the ball back to them, drive down, hopefully tie the game. They, the same guy fumbles or muffs the punt again. 
Florida State recovers. At this point, it's like two and a half minutes left. So you're sitting there thinking, this game's over. Because Florida State now is like within the red zone. And if they just run the clock out, they can either kick a chip shot field goal, go up by two possessions, game over, or they just run the clock out. So they run the ball. They're getting close to the end zone. Um, the commentators are like, let them score, let them score. It's third and goal from like a three-yard line. At this point, there is a little over a minute left. So they run the, they run the ball. He gets tackled. It's fourth and goal, chip shot field goal, game over. He fumbles. LSU recovers on the one-yard line. At this point, there's a little over a minute. I think it might have been 59 seconds, actually, with two timeouts. So LSU's going crazy. We have a chance. you got to go 99 yards. And then the, the Arizona State transfer, Jaden Daniels, who I thought, honestly, didn't throw the ball great. Actually, threw the ball. Jaden Daniels had a great game, actually. Now that I'm looking at the stats. Jaden Daniels, for y'all don't know, he transferred from Arizona State. He went 26 of 35 for 200 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, ran the ball for 16 times for 114 yards. That's great game. Him and Lona, him, him alone, very good game. Three hundred twenty some yards. He missed some. He missed some passes in, during that game, but for the most part, he, he was to go deep. from the Pac-12 Arizona State to come to the SEC. I know you're still playing Florida State, but for an SEC caliber team, that's real, I was really impressed by him. Um, anyway, lose ninety nine yards. Then throw. There's like a at this point, you know, they're getting close. There's like seven, eight seconds left. They throw a slant. Guy runs it across the middle, gets tackled at the one. They rule him out of bounds though. Once they review it, his knee was actually down in bounds, but they've already been in the review, so they're not just going to run a, the second off and the game's over. They're going to give LSU a chance to when they set the ball down, they snap it. So LSU is already out there. Their offense is out there just waiting on the referee. Like, they're, they're just waiting. The second the ref puts the ball down, they snap it, throw a touchdown. Everybody goes berserk. Like, everybody in the stadium, the commentators, myself. Extra point, you're not even, I'm not even thinking about extra point. I'm like, overtime, overtime. Like, it's going to be so exciting. Florida State already blocked a field goal. Blocks the extra point, wins the game 24-23. I'm sorry, man. That's a pretty exciting game. Um, very exciting last few minutes. Like, Can I just yeah. say that I didn't appreciate the way that you just threw in the fact that I know that they're playing Florida State. They're not in the SEC. Like, like Florida State didn't just beat LSU. Okay, David, do you want to do this? The one, the one esteemed SEC loss of the week was to an ACC team. And it was a it's a mediocre LSU team. This LSU team is fighting for bowl eligibility. But they're in the SEC. But they're fighting for bowl eligibility. They're still mediocre. SEC. Same thing with Florida State. Florida State's a team in the SEC. Here, here's my thing. But here's my Florida thing. If, on the rise LSU is on the downfall in the SEC. All I'm saying is they're the the SEC and the ACC are both top heavy. The SEC has more good teams, but the rest of the teams, most of them are not very good. The entire college football league is top heavy. Right, so I, I want to ask, and I'm, not, I'm just asking. I'm not accusing. I'm asking. Are you saying that you think the ACC and the SEC are, are very similar in their talent? I still think the SEC is better, but I think that the pedestal that you put them on is a little much. I'm sorry, I disagree heavily. It was, it was just, there. You look at the teams middle of the pack in the ACC, and look at the teams middle of the pack in the SEC. They they it's not even close. Yeah, look it, at Florida. It, it, and I don't. Florida, and I'm Florida's not, not middle of the pack. Florida is top after the way that they played. There's, there's Alabama, there's Georgia, and there's Florida. Who else is there? There's not, first of all, I'm not putting Florida at three. It's Texas A&M, without a doubt. Okay, okay. A&M, without a doubt. Um, you Arkansas. could argue, you could argue Arkansas. You could also argue Tennessee. It's very early though. Like it's if you go back, Kentucky's right now. The last 20. year. How many of those teams, like, like how many teams besides 
The top like three or four teams were actually very good. Arkansas, Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. Look at the ACC. Well, flip I didn't draft. say I didn't say the ACC was great. Okay, this is the ACC was as good as the let's SEC. Let's throw. Let's throw. But Florida State looked good. Let's Hold on, before we get into this, let's let's recap the game, talk about it, and then I'd love to get into Sarge. Okay. I my my takeaways from this game, I thought Jane Daniels did everything he possibly could as a quarterback for LSU. Eight. I mean, when you have three hundred yards and two touchdowns alone as a quarterback, that that speaks volumes to you. I think the bigger story though is for Florida State. I thought Jordan Travis looked un- unbelievable. He looked really good. I mean, he, he, he looks like a future Florida State, and Florida State is going to be a better team than they used to be. But I still do think LSU wins that game in overtime. I think LSU momentum is going that way. Once you kick that, I think in overtime, LSU does win. I, so I, mean, I, I think Florida I, State got lucky a little bit, even though LSU did fumble and they gave away the game. It shouldn't have. Florida State should have won if they didn't have that fumble, you know. On the one-yard Special but, teams were massive, massive this week for some reason. Those teams are very close. They're very. You look, close. At, you look at East Carolina, their special teams problems. You look at Clemson blocking two punts. You look at LSU two muffed field goal or two muffed punt returns, a missed field goal, a, I mean, a blocked field goal, a blocked extra point, and even we haven't talked about them, and I didn't really want to because there wasn't much to talk about. But South Carolina w- had two blocked punts themselves. Um, special teams won games. Special teams was a big, week one. Yeah. But Jordan Travis was my biggest takeaway, dude. This guy, 467 yards, two touchdowns. He in was game. slinging dimes. He oh, looked legit. Um, I remember watching it. I was like, man, this guy is composed. Sadly, he's a junior, so if he does too well, it's gonna be that's, that's all Florida State's going to get from him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Florida State is a team that they are on the rise. Um, I think LSU is a team that now is going to really be fighting for bowl eligibility because they aren't they aren't matching up well with the other teams in the SEC West. And when that's a, when you're in the SEC West, it's very tough. When you have to you have to play Alabama, you have to play AM, you have to play Arkansas, you have to play all these teams. It's tough. I mean, that that's like there's like four ranked teams in SEC West alone. Ole Miss, Arkansas, uh, Alabama, and AM, just in the SEC West are all four ranked. Um, that's so I, I if I feel bad for LSU because I think they are trying to fight for something. Um, but I, I honestly don't think they make a bowl game this year after after this. Yeah. Um, but it, let yeah, David, let's let's chat for a second. I have a question okay, for you. Okay, listen, I'm not sitting here saying the ACC is on the same level as the SEC. The SEC is better, but as a conference, you can't like the way that you just just completely dismiss Florida State as if. This guy's coming over to play SEC football, but I know he was only playing Florida State. He looks good, but he was only playing Florida State. That's where I had an issue. Florida State is a – have they been relevant in like five years? Yeah, though, Florida State is a team that's down in the ACC. Hey. He's down in the ACC. Hey. He's not very good. Hey. Florida State has been bad, but there's also bad teams in the SEC. We're not saying that, but we're saying – more bad teams in the ACC. We have better teams in the SEC than the ACC does by – Pretty far margin. It's pretty. It's not really close at all. Especially UNC didn't help your case there. Especially in, in, in the last. No, I agree. Especially in the last few years, the ACC has been god awful, and it makes me sad. But with that being said, the ACC SEC's gotten better too. Look at teams a couple years ago that weren't relevant. Arkansas was relevant. Now they're yeah, Vanderbilt put up a good game. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no ruin that. Don't get me wrong. Um, you look at teams like a couple years ago when the ACC was thriving. Kentucky was nobody. Kentucky's a legit team. Arkansas is ranked. Ole Miss is ranked. Um, 
I mean, and, and you put a team like, let's say, Arkansas, okay? They're third in the SEC West. You put Arkansas in the ACC, in the other division of Clemson, that's who's playing Clemson in the, in the ACC championship. 100%. You put all this there. They're playing. Would there. you agree with that, David? I would say that. Did you hear my question? I see you're looking. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, sorry. I was looking at the rankings from last year in the SEC. Um, no, I, I would say that, that there's a good chance that that happens. Yeah. And, and, it's, and, and, and I think Clemson is a legit team. I just and also after watching the performances of ACC teams, you look at NC State struggling against ECU, you look at UNC struggling against App State teams that are were supposed to be up there. And I'm not going to say anything about Miami because Miami always finds a way to ruin it. Um, yeah, the ACC just right now is really down. I mean, it's really down right. I now. mean, last year we had Pitt. Pitt, we had, Pitt we had is the Pitt, next best team. Last year we had Pitt, Clemson, NC State, and Wake Forest. Other than that, the conference was pretty. Well, well, I, I think if Wake Forest plays Arkansas or Ole Miss, they get those. Stuck. Those top four don't compare to the SEC's top four, especially Not last year because Clemson had an off year. It barely compares to our middle of our pack. Like, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Kentucky and Tennessee were two and three behind Georgia. Like Kentucky was solid; they were good. They would have been right in that same echelon as. You know, Clemson or Wake Forest in the ACC last year. I think they beat Wake Forest. They definitely beat Wake Forest. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think that's even close to a competition. I think Pitt was your best team after you guys. And we saw what Pitt did to really Wake Forest. Wait, what, is, what was Louisville ranked last year? I mean, if you look at it, though, like Louisville, wow. Louisville, a 6-6 six and six team in the ACC, so a bowl-eligible team in the ACC, middle of the pack, lost to, Connecticut, lost Connecticut, lost to Kentucky 52-21 to the end of the season. <laughs> Okay, but I would say, I would argue that Kentucky probably did the same would do the same thing to a team like South Carolina. No, because we played them. What was the score? Hold on, I'll tell you. We should have won that game too. I remember that game. We should have won that game. That was probably a bad example because South 16, Carolina sixteen Kentucky, to ten. Sixteen to ten. Some, for some reason, South Carolina Kentucky is always a really good game. We also beat Auburn, who was who was better last year. And we also beat hey, listen, I'm, I'm just not saying. Here to say, no, no, no. South Carolina would probably would probably have given Wake Forest one of your top teams a very good game. Arguably, I could I could make the argument South Carolina could have beat them, other than the fact that our quarterback play last year was not very good. Just saying. You got. <laughs> do I even need to talk about what happened when Clemson played South Carolina last year? Okay, but you were the in best Columbia. team in the ACC. You were ranked. Clemson was the number three team in our division. We're not talking about Clemson. We're not talking about yeah, Clemson. Clemson. This is in the ACC. But throw away Clemson and we'll throw away Alabama are the two best teams, and we're still miles better. That's not even close. If you take – okay, I like that. Clemson, 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 Everything's I'm happening. just saying we were a bottom tier team in the SEC. Wake was supposed to be a top tier team in the ACC. I'm just saying it, I don't think you you because people love to make the argument they're like the SEC is so top heavy, top heavy, top heavy. Well, yeah, when you have fucking Alabama and Georgia, it's kind of tough. But our middle of the pack teams, people also look at the end of the year rankings and they're like, oh, well, SEC, blah, blah blah. There's a reason the preseason rankings we have so many teams because at, by the end of it, we have to play each other. We're in the conference. We have to play each other. So if you if you spread the SEC teams out to other conferences, and you put Arkansas in the in the Pac-12. You, Arkansas might win the Pac-12. It might be the college football playoff. The only reason okay, they're not. Okay, but that's, that's the Pac-12. I'm just, okay, 
put 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 a mediocre or put a we'll say Arkansas or I don't know Ole Miss someone in the Big Ten. They're going to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten as well. Yeah, that's my argument. There, if people want to say they're top heavy, our minimum teams are good. Their records just don't show they're good because they have to play. look at a team like Arkansas. They get two probably guaranteed losses in their division because they have to play A and M and Alabama. Yeah, two guaranteed already. Make Arkansas, make Arkansas a bad points. team. Doesn't make Arkansas a bad team. You lost Alabama and A and M, two top ten teams. Boom, roasted. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Dude, you, man. listen, I just, I just, as an ACC man, wants a little respect. Yes, just a little bit. The yeah. disdain with which you mentioned Florida State was not to my liking. Well, we'll was, see. About, we'll see about Florida State this year. I'm was, not saying they're going to be great. It's just you know. We are going on arguably our longest. Episode. We won that game, and you're still shit talking them like they ain't like they ain't shit. Well, I mean they're not right. shit yet. They're still Florida State, and they beat LSU. I didn't stuff. say they're going to be great, but they won the game. Okay, whoop de doo against LSU. I, I, I'm just okay. Whatever, I'm done with. Oh, look. it's not what you well, said. We're running around in circles here. Yeah. It's, it's just not what you said. It's how you said it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, on to the next topic. We're done with college football. We'll, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to cover next week. This is going to be a long I cannot wait to see Alabama absolutely steamroll Texas. Um, but anyway, big trade in the NBA news. This is our last topic. Um, Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs. Um, in return, the Cal- or the Jazz got Lori Markkinen, Colin Sexton, some guy whose name I can't pronounce, and then they got an unprotected first-round pick and two pick swaps. Oh, there goes Mike. Uh, Mike, he just cut out. So, ah, well, he doesn't know anything about the NBA anyway. So, here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, David, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this trade. Like, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Do you think this was a good trade for, for – Well, I think the Jazz? Jazz are going into full rebuild mode. It's pretty oh, obvious. That's, that's, that's very obvious, yeah. Right. So, what did Mikey just say? He said his computer died. Um, I think that – yeah, I think the Jazz are going into full rebuild mode. It's very obvious. They have – a lot of picks, something like 12 picks within the next few years. Yeah. I don't know the numbers exactly on that, but if they can if they can hit on three of those, you know, 25% rate, then they'll have a very good team going into the future. Maybe pull a little Memphis Grizzly action. Um, hopefully they'll do better than, you know, some other teams when they try to rebuild. The Jazz haven't historically been that great, but I would love to see something there. I thought they were building something – with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, but that's been completely dismantled. Yeah, uh, I do like this move for the Cavs. Um, I still think they don't necessarily have a big enough name unless you know Darius Garland makes a huge leap. Um, My thing is, I think Jared Allen and Rudy Gobert are very similar. You know, big, good defending bigs. Um, and yeah, was, uh, the the thing is, they have two good big men in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Their defense, yes. their defense is going to be ridiculous. Yes, and I think they will be a good team. I think they're instead of a playing, they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, they're not a play. They were a playing team last year. I don't think they're a playing team anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're better than Brooklyn. I don't think they're better than Boston. I don't think they're better than Philly. Right. I don't think they're better than Miami. Um, and you could argue maybe now with Deont- Dejounte Murray, the Hawks. Um, they're they're going to be fun to watch. Those are two of the shiftiest guards in the league. Yeah, and I think they're a team that could make – could you know, they have a possibility of making it to the second round. I don't think they're East Coast final. Now, it is interesting to me because of how similarly they play, though. Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are, Garland are two very 
similarly built and similar play style players. So it's going to be interesting to see how they how they mesh together. Yeah, and and you know, one of them got to play more off ball. Um, I don't know, and I, I my recommendation is I think it needs to be Donovan Mitchell work on his you know getting open, becoming more of a spot up. You know, using the screens more because um, I think he's a better shooter, um, and I think Darius Garland's a better ball handler. Um, obviously, you know, close games, it gets down to the wire. They're going to probably put the ball in Donovan Mitchell's hands, but I think I think he's going to have to you know start to expand his game to where it's not right. he's ball dominant because um, yep. he was very ball dominant in Utah, but he almost, he had to be as well. I think this this made sense for Cleveland. You know, why not? You didn't really have to give – Colin Texan was a restricted free agent. Um, Laurie Markkinen, you know, he's okay, he's not a cornerstone piece. Um, and you gave up a couple picks. Uh, right. And two of them were pick swaps. So you really only gave away one pick. They are going to need to find a way to fill in some of that depth, though, that they lost. Yeah, they don't really have a lot of depth. I mean, I think they still have K-Love and some other guys to fill in some shoes. But, you know, they're, they're going to be – a. you know, I think they'll be – Fifth, sixth, possibly seventh in the East, um, depending on how other teams like Toronto and stuff pan out. I think they could finish better than that just because of how good their defense is going to be. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, there's, I don't think there's any way they're better than Brooklyn. I don't think there's any way they're better than Boston. I think Boston's the best team in the East right now. I, I said Philly and Miami. I didn't even say Milwaukee. I don't think they're better than Milwaukee. I don't think they're better than Philly. The only team you can maybe argue is Miami, and I still think they're better than Jimmy Butler and Bam and, and Tyler and Kyle Lowry. I think it's a good game, but. But the that they're I think they're too young to ultimately beat Miami. I think that they are they're they're teetering on that tier though. Yeah, I mean it's going to depend on how well they play together. At the end of the day, it's going to depend on whether or not Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland can find a way to work together. I think they're close. Um, I just think Miami. The only reason I would put Miami in a little bit of slightly advantage is one, I still think their defense is a little better. It's more proven at least, and you know, look at the age and the experience that Miami team has compared to the Cleveland team who. Right, right. You know, Mitchell really and these be- teams in the East have been together for a long time. You look at the Celtics, you look at the Bucks, you look at the Heat. Those teams, the reason why they're having success, the Warriors even, I know they're not in the East, but you look at teams that are having the most success right now in the league, and it's showing that you can't just trade around these superstars and go win a championship all the time. You got team chemistry is still the most important thing. So to your point, it's going to be hard. Yeah, and you know, Evan Mobley going into his second back. year. He's going into his second year. Jared Allen really hasn't been playing any any really like big games um you got Donovan Mitchell who's played in some tough games in the west but still usually is a second third round exit most of the time um a lot and, of proof and then Darius Garland who just had his first all-star campaign you look at like I said I keep saying Miami because I think it's the closest team to them you look at Miami Jimmy Butler has played in the NBA finals and Eastern Conference finals game seven Bam Adebayo both of those things as well Tyler Hero has now got both of those things as well Mm-hmm. They got they got a lot of guys with playoff experience, and Kyle Lowry's won a championship, so yeah. you know I think that's why I give them a slight edge. I think it was a good move for the Jazz. I think it was a good move for the Cavs. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what the Cavs do this year, and it's going to be interesting to see what the Jazz. I just wish I just wish Utah would have held, held on to Donovan if they weren't going to turn to Miami, obviously, because I'm that was biased of me. But if I'm right, if yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't really get why they're going into rebuild mode, but the way that they're doing it, they're doing it well. Because he was still so young, you have all these picks, picks now. You can use it to build him around a Donovan Mitchell. He is obviously. I think they there. just kind of saw the white or the the silver lining, and we're just kind of like, what are the odds that we bring talent? You got to think about it too. They are in Utah, yeah. So the odds that they can recruit talent to come there and surround Donovan Mitchell are probably slimmer than them getting a bunch of draft picks for the value of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and seeing what they can do as far as building it from the ground up. Yeah. Well, 
that was a jam. I guess. That's going to be definitely our, our longest episode so far. But it was awesome. It was a good one. Very informative. If you're into college football, that was a great one for you. Yeah. Um, if you're a Clemson fan, watch this episode. Yeah, I think you guys are going to like this one. Um, just a reminder. I'm back. David's back, baby. We got Clemson talk again. Um, before, <laughs> before we get off, uh, just a reminder, you can follow – you can stream all of our previous episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all your streaming platforms. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Facebook and TikTok at that damn sports podcast, D A M. Thanks for listening. Um, we will see you guys next week, week two of college football, week one of the NFL. It's going to be next week's going to be even way more. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be big. So get ready for next week, guys. Um, but thank you for listening to this episode of that damn sports podcast. We will see you guys next week. Peace.